Guys, I literally cannot believe that I am saying this, but hello and welcome to the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast. I am your host and registered dietitian, Mallory Page. I am also in disbelief that I am actually sitting here with you in my closet with the blanket down and my computer at my right side, like my right hand man, bringing you the first ever episode. I honestly never thought that I would make a podcast. Well, I don't know. I kind of thought that I would, but I never had the idea, you know, and I didn't just want to be one of those people that kind of said, hey, I'm cool. So listen to me speak about random topics. Not that that's bad. It's just I know my limits. You know, I I need to bring a little something, something if I'm going to be creating a podcast. And a month ago, I had this freaking brain blast, as Jimmy Neutron would say. Shout out to Jimmy Neutron. We love him. We know him about what I need to create a podcast about. And that is exactly why I'm sitting here with you today, because I realized that there are not enough people talking about diet culture. And what is diet culture? What is not diet culture? What we should listen to? What we shouldn't listen to? And overall, what the heck do we do to make ourselves feel like our best? It's that moment. It's that moment. I can do this. I get really excited and I talk over myself because my brain is going too fast. My words can't keep up, you know? It's that moment, as I was trying to say, where you're scrolling through your phone and you think, oh, I just wish I could ask someone if this is diet culture. And I'm here to be that little angel on your shoulder that says, yep, it seems like diet culture and it's got to go. And yes, I know I just compared myself to an angel and it may be a bit much, but we've already done it. So let's just keep it moving. Now, in actuality, it's not always that it seems like diet culture and it has to go. And that's exactly why I'm so excited for the episode that we're going to have today and the topic that I'm speaking about. I really feel like it's fundamental to beginning this podcast and for you guys getting an idea of what I want to talk about and what my stance is on things. Because I know you all may be coming at it from a different viewpoint. Some of you guys may not even know what diet culture is, unless you listen to the trailer, which shout out to you, because I love that trailer. And then you have the definition of it. I'll give you a little refresher today, so don't worry if you didn't. It's fine. I guess I still like you. Kind of. On the other hand, others of you may be incredibly aware. You may be a part of the anti-diet culture movement or consider yourself to be. And then we have some of you that may just be here listening along for the ride, wanting to see what I'm going to say. I feel you because I do that too, so I respect that. But this topic is one that is going to kind of get some people's grinds. No, grind some people's gears. I was going to say gears some grind, which does not, that doesn't make sense. It's going to grind some people's gears because I'm not just going to go with a one or the other on this. And that's kind of what this whole podcast is about, which is why I'm so excited for it. And I'm really going to try not to say every single time that I'm excited for the topic or excited for the podcast, because if you are a part of my group coaching program or you ever have been live unrestricted, I say this every single time, every week when we're about to meet. And every single time, everyone's like, yeah, you said that last week and the week before that and the week before that. But the content is just that good, you know? (sighs) Which shameless plug, we are taking applications for the next round. If you don't know, 16-week group coaching program that transforms your relationship with food and body and exercise forever. It'll be in the show notes. But that's not why we're here today. 
I want to dive into this topic because there's a lot that I could say, but I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. Is anti-diet culture just another trend? Let's explore it. To start off, diet culture in itself, if you haven't listened to the trailer, is basically a set of beliefs and rules that essentially sell this idea that everyone should look and be this certain way in order to be good enough or to be accepted. And anti-diet culture, obviously, is the opposite of that. It really focuses on well-being and how people feel and pushing against these standards that we've seen for so many years. And before we move on, I just want to make it really clear that I am not the one that founded this movement. This was majorly founded by marginalized women because they are the people that are affected the most by diet culture out of anyone. And after they started this movement, it really started to grow in the recent years, which in some ways is amazing. And in other ways, it can be quite harmful. And the reason why I say this can be harmful is because with any type of trend, even ones not with nutrition and wellness, there are always going to be downsides of something growing really quickly. Let's use feta pasta as an example of this. You guys remember the TikTok feta pasta, right? You know, that was literally everywhere. The positive of that trend is it gives some people something fun to do, right? Everyone runs to the grocery store and they grab their feta block and their tomatoes and their pasta and they're cooking it and, you know, everyone's posting it and getting excited about it. And it's great, right? What are the downsides? No one can get frickin' feta. Tomatoes are sold out out the wazoo. Pasta is on an uprise. I guess that's actually a good thing because we love pasta here. But on a more serious note, what actually starts to happen with this type of stuff is that the trend becomes so big that people don't even know where it came from, right? They don't know the TikTok creator that made this recipe. They're doing it because it's circulated so much that they're participating in it blindly. And yet there's 600 different remakes of it. And so people don't even know which one to listen to and what to do and what's right and what's wrong. And once they try it, it's very hard to decide how you actually feel about it because there's so much noise around it. So you feel like if you don't like it, it's weird because everybody's out here liking it and trying it. And you feel like if you do like it, it kind of makes you question, why do I like this? Do I like it because I actually like it or do I like it because everybody around me likes it? And that's what's trending right now. And yes, this seems silly with a feta pasta example, of course. But it can be actually quite harmful when we're talking about something more serious, like an anti-diet culture movement. The reason why I think it can be harmful is because the same influencers and diets and trends that show up in diet culture can then start to show up in anti-diet culture just because of the fact that it's trendy. I want to give some examples of this that I've seen. First off, I think about this when I see influencers sharing quote-unquote unacceptable angles or poses in their body when you can tell that they're really doing it just for the likes and the attention. Because of the fact this movement has really been blowing up, I've seen a lot of people do this. I think some people have amazing intention, and I'm not talking about those people, and I also know that it's hard to discern whether or not they're doing it for good intention or not, 
But I just feel like there's certain captions or pictures where you can tell that that person doesn't really mean that they think that all bodies and all angles are acceptable. They really just want to participate in this for the likes that it can get and the engagement, which in my opinion is wrong because it puts a very negative spin on this anti-diet culture movement. Another one that I think of is when you see people sharing that 1200 calorie diets are bad, but they're also promoting counting your macros and calories and stuff along those lines. Yes, don't get me wrong, I do appreciate that they're not posting to do 1200 calorie diets, but it does kind of give a tainted image of what the anti-diet culture trend really is. Now, I just want to clarify one more time that I'm not saying what these people are doing is wrong. I'm just pointing out the fact that when something becomes trendy, it can become very easily tainted and changed, and it can distract from the original movement and the original people that started it. And yes, I know even me doing this podcast could be considered distracting from this, but I feel like there are people out there that truly have this core desire to get rid of diet culture, and then there are people that don't. And what they really want is just the attention that comes with the trend itself. Now, there's another side to this as well, and that is the side of what I like to call the health warriors. Now, who are the health warriors? I think that this should be a part of the Mallory Dictionary. Health warriors are people on Instagram that say stuff like, seed oils are so inflammatory so you can't buy Oatly, and, you know, sugar will shrink your brain, and you have to work out this way because of this, and, you know, watch your blood sugar levels. Those are the health warriors, in my opinion, and they are also so against the anti-diet culture movement, at least most of them, because they think that anti-diet culture means only eating ice cream and burgers every single day, and never working out or whatever else it is, which, you know, that's a whole other issue in itself. The people in the anti-diet culture movement feel like they have to combat that by saying, you can have ice cream every day if you want, which is true. But then people feel so confused because they look online and they say, okay, I have one person that is telling me sugar is going to shrink my brain. And I have another person that's telling me that ice cream is fine to eat every day. And who is right? Who is right? The thing is, is neither one of them are necessarily right. And neither of them are wrong. Actually, that's not true because I I can't with the sugar shrinker brain people. I do think that's wrong. But anyways, you know what I'm saying? There's no specific right or wrong here. There are two differing opinions. But what we need to bring out of the equation is the influence that diet culture has so that you can actually decide what works for you. Because there are so many things that are being hijacked by diet culture And it makes us feel like we can't do them. To give an example, I have so many times where people in my group coaching program or my clients 
will say something like, I feel guilty for ordering a salad now because it makes me feel like I'm succumbing to diet culture. Now we have the opposite example of this where because of all the health warriors, people don't think they can have a donut without freaking combusting. I mean, why? When did a donut become compared to something like literally cocaine? I've seen these type of comparisons before, which is insane. We should actually do a whole podcast episode about sugar and the fact that sugar is actually not addictive, but that's for another time. You know, definitely let me know if you want to hear those episodes or any other episodes that you want to hear. It makes me feel frustrated that we have to have such a strong movement against diet culture in order to get a point across. But on this podcast, I want to hold space for both. And I know that some people aren't going to like this. But the reality of life is there's no such thing as a clear right and wrong. There is no such thing as just a black and white. There is the gray area. In food, in wellness, it is the gray. That's the thing. You find the way of living that makes you feel your best in the gray. Because there may be some vegetables that make you feel like absolute crap. And there may be some that make you feel like a rock star. There may be some sweets or, I don't know, things that make you feel awful. (laughs) And you may not want to eat those on a day where you're really trying to feel your best. Also, did you just hear my stomach? I'm sorry. I was drinking a chai earlier. (laughs) This microphone picks up on a lot. (laughs) Oh, But there are also foods that diet culture tries to coin as bad, quote unquote, gluten, dairy, sugar. (laughs) And they may make you feel like a million bucks. And that is all that matters because how your body feels is more important than anything else. And I'm going to give you the complete honest information on these type of topics because I'm sick of being afraid to verbalize an opinion for fear that one group or the other isn't going to like it. We see this so much in the world today that we have to fit into a box. And I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of everyone feeling like they have to fit into a box in life or with food or with wellness or with relationships. But really, at the end of the day, I just want you to be able to come to this podcast and critically decide how you feel about something. How you feel about an influencer, how you feel about a diet, how you feel about a trend or an ingredient, and what you want that to look like in your life. Now, I also know that some of you here may have a voice in your head that doesn't have your best interest in mind. You know, you have an unstable or unhealthy relationship with food and body image and exercise. Maybe you even have an ED. And that's a really tough place to be too, guys. And I know that. But this podcast is also a space for you 
to learn that you don't have to listen to these things. And that over time, you can trust yourself. And I'm really sorry that diet culture and what's gone on in your life has loved you to this place. But I also want you to know that it 100% can get better. And that this podcast is here to support you in that. And I'm here to support you in that. Now that we've gone through all this good stuff, I think the only way that's fitting to end the podcast would to be would be to do, if I can finish my words, a rapid fire round of ways to combat diet culture in your day-to-day life. I just think it's the only way to go. Also, sorry, I just snapped. I talk with my hands a lot and I forget that, again, every sound is picked up on this mic. So the first thing I want to say is when you are hearing about a new diet, a new trend, something from an influencer, you know, your mom or your aunt tells you about this new thing that she's doing, ask yourself this question before anything else. Why do I feel like I have to do this? Second, will this actually be helpful for me? Asking yourself those two questions can really give that reality check that you need. So that's just a really easy starting point. Number two is to go to actual sources that you trust. People with education, not Dr. Google, not Joe Schmo, the influencer, Not even a lot of these doctors, quote unquote, online that post random stuff without any research behind them. Really think about the people that you should be listening to because there's so much misinformation out there. And I think that's one of the biggest things that contributes to people getting really confused is is seeing all this information versus being less aware of it. You know, think about years and years ago when we didn't have social media. Yes, diet culture was still a problem, but it was not near the problem that it is today. We did not have near the amount of EDs and struggles with food that people do today. And I definitely think that that is because of the fact that we're dealing with all of this information that is coming in. Number three, combat this in your life with the things that you do and say. So much of the time we find ourselves accidentally contributing to diet culture by saying stuff like, oh yeah, well, I have to eat this salad because this is what makes me good. Or, oh my gosh, I'm being so bad for getting ice cream. Or really being down on our body. And this is one of those things that really pushes the narrative of diet culture. Yes, it's influencers and all the people that we see online, like I was just saying, but it's also in our day-to-day life and conversations with everyone. And the more people that really start to be a part of the new kind of movement of not talking about these things this way, using words like unhealthy and healthy and clean and dirty and, you know, what a junk and I hate the junk is my least favorite word. Junk, food is not junk. Food is a gift. Anyways, not to go on a tangent. The better things we'll get because the real change doesn't just happen online. It happens in day-to-day life, you know? Four, write a list of your personal morals around wellness. I know this can seem weird, but I am telling you, it will change the game. Because so much of the time, when we feel guilty 
or when we feel like we're doing something wrong, it's because we feel like we're breaking this type of moral code or we're doing something against what other people are saying. The whole definition of guilt is doing something that you feel like goes against your morals, basically. And yet with food, this comes up with such silly things, right? Next thing you know, you're feeling guilty because you're skipping a rest or you're having a rest day and having a donut, right? Why? That's because our morals around food are are tainted or because we don't know what they are in a really strong sense. That didn't make sense. We are not very... We're missing the word. So I'm singing to distract myself and you guys. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that we don't have a really strong conviction around the morals that we have with food, so it leaves us feeling confused. Basically, write down the things that you know make you feel good. The things that don't make you feel good the things that you value in conversations around food and body image. You know, this could look like something along the lines of, I feel really good when I have carbs at breakfast. And then you listen to a podcast. I literally just had this. I was having a conversation with someone in my DMs just a few minutes ago that tells you, oh, it's spike your blood sugar in the morning. And so you should not have them because of this. I don't know what voice that was. Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. That's a whole separate conversation. Oats do not spike your blood sugar in the morning. They have fiber. They're incredible. They're such a nourishing food for your body. So ridiculous. Anyways, you hear that podcast from some interviewer or interviewee that probably has no experience with food and just claims themselves to be an expert. And you start to second guess yourself. You start to think, oh my gosh, is this spiking my blood sugar? Should I stop having this? Is this unhealthy? But then you go back to your morals and you say, no, because I know and my body tells me that having carbs in the morning makes me feel energized. And so you say, I'm not listening to that. So I love this type of activity because we have morals in other areas of our life, right? And we live by those, but we often look out to other people to think about what they should be around food. But at the end of the day, they do come from us. I know that there may be some of you that are kind of struggling with this, so this may be a little bit harder, but think about what you want them to be and feel free to DM me as well. Now, the last thing and arguably the most important point is to listen to this podcast (laughs) because every single week we're going to be doing this together, combating the diet culture in day-to-day life. Actually, though, I would love to have you here every single week. I have had so much fun, probably too much fun, as you can tell, recording this first episode. Okay, I just burped. Did you hear that too? Ugh. I I know I can edit these things, but I almost kind of like how it's really unedited. It feels like we're having a FaceTime conversation. You guys are going to become my best friends through this microphone. (laughs) I didn't have enough people to talk to today, so here we are. But it's going to be a really fun ride together, doing this every single week. I really want to hear any suggestions that you have, things that you want to hear. And I really hope this episode helped to give you an idea of what this is really all about. It's a space for anyone and everyone. And if you resonate with me, great. You're meant to be here. And if you don't, that's okay too. 
I don't expect every single person to feel the same way that I feel, but at least being able to have an open conversation is the magic sauce, in my opinion. So, if you want to follow me outside the pod, I would love to have you a part of my community. I am at Mallory J. Page on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I'll have that linked in the show notes. And if you'd like to work with me, my group coaching program, Live Unrestricted, will also be linked there. I already told you a little bit about it before, but feel free to also just shoot me a DM. I would love to see your shares of this podcast. It would mean the world to me. Feedback is so important because at the end of the day, I want this to be truly as helpful to you as possible. I don't want this to end, but I know I'll be recording again soon. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day whenever you're listening to this, and I will see you back here next week on the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast.